Right, what's up, everybody, and good evening, and welcome to the Muslims Law Podcast, where I am your host, Nakia Monet, and we got a special guest with us today. We have Bishop Lamar Whitehead. Hi, Bishop. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. Awesome. Well, why don't you um, introduce yourself to the people, let them know who you are and why we are here today. Hey, everybody, I'm Bishop Lamar Miller-Whitehead, and I'm a pastor of two churches, Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries, one in Brooklyn and one in Atlanta. And I am going to be your next Brooklyn Bowl president. I am running, I'm campaigning, leading up to June 22nd, the primaries, y'all, where I'm going to become the Brooklyn Bowl president. Yep, I'll be the youngest president ever over 2.6 million people and the first pastor and the first bishop ever to lead Brooklyn. So I'm here y'all and I'm I'm excited. I know this is a calm vibe and I can rock like that y'all. I'm, I'm just gonna talk my talk. We definitely want you to really and truly talk your talk. So Bishop, tell us a little bit about your, about your history, about your background and what made you wanna run for Brooklyn Borough President? Well, a little bit about me. I am a young Brooklyn boy. I grew up on Prospect between Brooklyn and New York, right across the street from Broward Park. And um, my mom raised me because my father, Arthur Miller, he was beat and strangled to death by 16 police officers of the 77th precinct. So my father, my dad was the first I can't breathe. He was before Eric Gardner. He was before George Floyd. Um, and... Um, you know, with that tragedy that happened in my life, I was only six weeks old. And um, this all happened June 14th, 1978. So <clears throat> um, moving forward, I was one of the leading scorers in New York City. I played for Grady High School in Coney Island, and I transferred to Sheepshead Bay High School. And um, I went away on scholarship to Eastern New Mexico University. And um, I got injured, so I came back. I was in the industry. I modeled, I act. And, um, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, I was in the streets before. And um, I owned my own mortgage firm, my own real estate firm. And the, some police started to harass me. And they arrested me because they wanted me to tell on some friends of mine in Brooklyn. I paid some lawyers. All they did was mismanage my money. Before you know it, two years later, they pushed me to trial and they hid evidence, bogus search warrants. They did it up and I got sent away to prison for 11 and a third to 34 years. By the grace of God, God gave me 
the the template of emotion that I filed and I was victorious and they had to they had to let me out. I was able to expose the judge sentencing me the crimes that I was found not guilty of. And now I'm work, working towards getting the whole case vindicated because of the all the things and the prosecutor misconduct that they have committed against me. So um, what led me here? My story, my narrative. My grandmother today is 106 years old. We're here. That's why I'm in the car. I'm actually in a car now <clears throat> um, outside. Uh, because we're celebrating the birth of my grandmother. She's 106 years old and she's shown strength. Um, and this is what drove me and this is what drives me to become the president of Brooklyn because today we need someone that can relate to Brooklyn, that can relate to the community, right? We are so tired of politicians popping up around election. You can't say that about me. I'm always popped up. I'm always in the streets. I'm always in the hood. I always, you know, I am a pastor of a lot of celebrities. If you look at my page, you'll see so many uh, celebrities endorsing me. Um, the good old 50 Cent, he got saved in my ministry. You know, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Um, um, Casanova, uh, a lot of a lot of them. So I mentor a lot of the um, the rappers and the celebrities and the actors and the actresses. So I'm very known. So this is what drives me to become the president of Brooklyn. So therefore I can give the voice to the voiceless. So that's who I am. That's who you are in a nutshell. And you know what, and that's good because I think one of the things that, uh, especially sometimes in politicians that we miss is their relatability and um, their ability to, you know, really and truly relate to the people, relate to the issues and relate to the struggles of the people, right? And sometimes, and especially if you're not from the community in which you are um, trying to lead, it can be a little difficult for people to really and truly gauge who you are, right? So as far as in like the community, as far as Brooklyn is concerned, can you just let the people know like what you have done thus far within the community um, that will help them to further understand like who you are um, in the community in Brooklyn? Oh, that's such a great question. Well, if you YouTube me, um, I was released out of prison in 2013. That November, I did the biggest turkey giveaway in, in um, Bed-Stuy. I mm -hmm. gave away over, I think, a thousand turkeys. Um, then um, I had Yandy, I had uh, Mano, I had um, Jadakiss, I had all of the artists come out right, to support me in the, the, the turkey giveaway. In December, Christmas, we gave away over 1,000 toys to the community, right? I've gotten untold amount of young men out of prison and some young women out of mental institutions because of me being a pastor, me helping the community, the judges turn them over to me. Um, I have stopped gang violence. I have stopped gang wars. I'm in Brownsville. I'm in East New York. I'm in Coney Island. Um, um, uh, this past pandemic, mm -hmm. <clears throat> this past pandemic, a lot of the candidates, excuse me, all of the candidates have been raising money for the last three years. I just started raising money for the campaign in January. Why? Because it was been a pandemic. Why would I ask people for money? during a pandemic. What I did, I gave over over $60,000 and back to the community. When the pandemic first happened, myself and my wife, we raised money and we gave it back. We we gave I think over 400 families money. And then for Thanksgiving, we gave over 450 turkeys back to the community and then we went and shut down uh, an entire grocery store. We came from the back, got on the telephone mic and said, everybody in here, you can shop for one hour up to $20,000. And they shopped for one hour and it went up to $25,000. And um, for Christmas, um, um, we gave away in cash, I believe I gave away somewhere up to over $8,000. And then I went to a shelter on Avenue D and DeWitt Street. Mm-hmm to give hundreds of toys away to the shelter. They wouldn't let me in that night. They told me to come back in the morning 
I came back in the morning. They still wouldn't let me in. They said, give us the toys and we'll distribute it. I didn't trust them. So what I then did was I called the chief of police because I'm very connected with the NYPD. I called the chief of police. And I said, chief, I need a, a major block to be blocked off. So I went to Mother Gaston, Mother Gaston and Sutter Avenue, right? Mm -hmm. there on the they blocked the street off from me and we gave away hundreds of toys, right? This is what I do into the inner community, right? I have conversations with the community. I'm not. So what happens is we continuously get tricked by um, being black, right? There's a lot of black candidates in this race and we say, okay, he's black. I'm going to vote for him. Oh, look on his page. He's giving away to the community. Every candidate outside of myself that's giving away food is because of government funding. You got city council people that are running for this office and they are funded by the city to give out. Me, I've never taken a dollar from no government official, from no political office. Every dollar has came from me, either my church or, or, or artists that have donated the money, right? Um, I am the streets. I am the community. I can walk around any place and they're going to know me. Any projects, they're going to know me, right? Sometimes I dress like this casual. Yeah, I got my chain out. Sometimes I put my corporate, put my chain in, right? I don't hide, right? This is me, right? You're not going to make me not be me, right? And this is why Brooklyn loved me because I can throw a Yankee hat on. I can throw a Brooklyn Nets hat on with some Tims on. I can throw some Uptowns on and I can walk the streets and be as if I'm from the streets, which I am. So I can relate, right? I'm, I've been sitting down with the with the bloods, with the crips, with the woos, with the chao, um, the towels, with the with the different gang members. I've been sitting down with them, having a conversation with them, saying, "Look, all right, what, what what do we need to do?" They call me, Bishop. We need you over here. We need you to mediate something, right? With these other candidates, all they're gonna do is tell you what they're trying to do. All they're gonna do is tell you what they want to do, right? And it's so funny how some of the candidates are trying to mimic what I'm doing. So they're reaching out behind me to different artists to see if they can get that same platform. Listen, you can get whatever platform, but you're not going to have the same sound. I'm authentic, right? And we need to understand that Brooklyn is the most powerful city in the world. Why? Because in, in the 1600s, Brooklyn was found by the Dutch. In, mm -hmm. eight, nine, in 1898, Brooklyn turned over its jurisdiction to New York City and became a borough. But people don't know that Brooklyn, if it was still a city, which it technically is, it is, we are the fourth largest city in the most powerful country in the world. The only cities that's bigger than Brooklyn is Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York. We have 2.6 million people. Right. We got power and we need to understand that if we come out and vote, if we come out and 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 support the game will change. It has to change. It has to change. So on my website, I have everything friendly. Right. If you are a felon, I'm about to do a press conference on Friday at 12 noon. Why? Mm -hmm. Because Governor Cuomo just passed the bill where all felons can vote now. If you step out of jail yesterday and you can vote today, you can vote today, right? You can register to vote and vote, right? So this is big. I'm the only candidate that's talking about this. You want to know why? Because nobody else wants to look bad, right? Because So they can vote even if they still on paper? Yes. Mm. Yes. 1,000%. And I'm going to be doing a press conference I'm going to be doing a press conference on the steps of Borough Hall this Friday to announce and to let the world know that if you have a felony, you don't have to be afraid. You can vote. And that's how they've been blocking us because of fear. I have a felony right now until it gets removed, but I, I'm a felon. And you know how much money I've lost because me being a felon? You see, I'm in, I've been in real estate for over 20 years. I own my own mortgage firm and, 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 and real estate firm. So now I'm a private investor. Do you know that private money can stop you from obtaining money if you have a felon that they don't like? Yeah. So 
so a feeling that they don't like like so there is so many walls that have to be broken down right there are so many breaches to our um, um constitution amendments right that we don't even know why do we keep struggling you want to know why because we do not have somebody in there that have pain that has been through the same pain i can relate to your pain right i can relate to prison i can relate to being in a single household right and every you know it's so funny every uh, debate that I go to, they all start out the same way. Oh, well, I grew up eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and I grew up eating sugar sandwich. Everybody want to have a sob story. And you know what I say? I say, okay, cool. Enough with that political stuff. Let's be real here, right? So what you, what you get with me is I'm a businessman. I'm a man of God. So my moral compass, I don't care what religion you are. I, my moral compass is to do the right thing. And I am donating my entire salary back to the community. I don't even want to get paid. I'm donating my salary back. I want monies. I, I believe the board president is 150000 160000 a year. Each month, I want to be able to support a single parent, a homeless man. I want to be able to support with the money that they want to pay me because at the end of the day, Right. We all we got. And 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 what they've been doing is they have mastered the system. They've mastered the system where therefore they know the people who go out and vote and they target those people. And that's why they've raised half a million dollars, a million dollars. And I haven't raised that much money because our people don't know how to uh, donate. Right. What they say is, like, OK, no, he look, he's doing good. So he got his own money. So why would we donate? He, he'll do all we got to do is keep our head up. No. I can't use my money. The mm -hmm. only way I can pay for flyers, the only way I can pay for uh, merchandise to give away and pay for the the the, the campaign attorneys and the uh, the campaign managers is from campaign money, right? So if you don't have no money, you can't do the thing. So what they do is um, all these other candidates, they buy what you call the voters builders, right? The voters builders is a data that the city sells where they have hundreds of thousands of voters addresses emails telephone numbers so if they raise that much money they can target the people that are voting and guess what all they keep doing is sending them send them stuff send when oh, they get to the poll post oh i don't know him but i heard his name so much and let me check and that's how we lose that's how we lose and at the end of the day we are not the minority we are the majority and people don't understand that so that's what we that's what we are and that's what we're doing no, but that sounds really good. I mean, the number, let's just, we're going to circle this back just a little bit. Right. Um, but I definitely want you to get back uh, to enjoying your, your, no, your no, 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 you, you don't have to rush. You don't have to rush me. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. You wait okay. on me. I'm waiting on you now. Um, with regards to the bill that, it, that I did hear about Cuomo passing the bill, um, and I thought that was really great. Number one reason is because I think every single last one of us, uh, more than likely know someone that it was is a convicted felon and one whom might still be on paper because one of the biggest things that they did do uh, as far as voter suppression in the African-American community was put in place the stipulations that if you are on parole, you cannot vote. Right. And I think that, that, is, that that's going to be a turning point for a lot of people and the word has to get out there. So that press conference is going to be major. And, and especially for someone that can actually relate to the struggle of coming home from prison, right. you know what I'm saying? Being possibly, you know, on paper and then you're stuck with, I always call it a scarlet letter, like having that F on your record as a scarlet letter, it literally shifts everything in life oh, because oh my God. <laughs> you can't get You can't even get a 501c3 funding technically if you're a felon, right? A lot of the times when they see, when they ask you for information, especially when you're applying for it, they ask you for a lot of information. Who's on your board? You can't have a board member that is a convicted felon. They'll be like, no, we're not. We're going to deny you. They will deny you funding if someone that is connected to you is a convicted felon. There's just so many different things. And, and sometimes, you know, they don't care about the type of 
the collar, right? The collar. Is it a white collar crime or blue collar? They don't care about that. They're just looking at you got that scarlet letter, you got an F, and that's how we're going to judge you. So one of the things that I did here um, upon researching you was that there are a lot of other, uh, I think they're, they're like bills or whatever, or articles that you were actually going to work on as far as uh, New York State is concerned and as far as helping people to understand how to maneuver through the actual system. I know that you are very big on police reform and from what it sounds like, even criminal justice reform. So if you could just let the people know like what your stance is, how do you, it, how do you anticipate the impact of that level of a reform? Um, so I, I was looking for this article that I had. I just want to I want to I want to tell you guys exactly what it is. Um, hold on one second. The article came out. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo signs bill that automatically restores felons rights to vote after release. Right. Um, and this article, this I want to give you guys the statue. Uh, one second. Hold on one second. I want to give you guys the statue because that's the, if I can find it really fast. Yeah, it's, it's, it's here. I'll post it. Uh, I know they showed me the statue before. All right. So it's conviction. It's, it's automatically stores the voting rights. Watch this. I want to read this to you guys, right? It says the voting rights law comes, um, I mean, I just want to get to the point. Last month, Washington Governor Jay uh, Inslee, a Democrat, signs legislation that will automatically restore the voting rights of more than 20,000 people convicted of felonies, felonies once they release from prison. Right. So Governor Cuomo just signed this on May 5th because other states are doing it. Right. And we have over 35,000 right felons right mm -hmm. and some of the things that i'm going to do right let me let me just be honest with you guys right the the borough president's office has the power of discretionary funds right hundreds of millions of dollars of discretionary funds and capital funding right which we never see we're never in the conversation ever ever now the borough president now his name is eric adams he was my mentor right i was with him for eight years watching everything right and as the Bible says, David was the father, he fought the wars, and Solomon was the son, he built the kingdom. So mm -hmm. I look at Eric Adams as the one, the big brother who fought the wars to open a door because he was the first African-American um, uh, president. president yep. right. mm -hmm. So now me coming in, I'm for the people. See, Solomon was for the people. See, I'm for the people to build the kingdom. You see... All of the candidates and everybody talks about Brooklyn as far as building Brooklyn because the bold president has the power of rezoning, yep. has the power of land usage, mm -hmm. the variances. I will be a powerful young man, right? Why isn't black and brown people in the conversation of rezoning, redeveloping? Why aren't we at the table? Why are always Jews, Asians, Caucasians, and other um, uh, 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 racist backgrounds in at the table, but there's no black and brown people at the table. You want to know why? Because at the end of the day, politicians, they miss the mark. What do I mean by that? I already got the question. Well, Bishop, we know that you, you we think you're going to win, right? So if you win, will you go for mayor? I said, that's your problem. I haven't, let me, let, let me, me win be, first. Let me be the bubble president first. Mm -hmm. That's two terms of four years, right? Why am I looking at the mayor's office? And what happens is politicians um, look at other offices and don't do the job that they were voted into. So now the, the, the people who they are supposed to take care of, they become oppressed. And the politicians begin now to use their backs of the oppressions for their own capital gain. I want to be the bold president to be the bold president. I want prison reform. I'm going to create prison reform in Borough Hall. I'm going to create an initiative where I'm going to set aside millions of dollars for free lawyers, right? To get men and women 
out of prison, right? Now, I had a meeting with the district, district attorney. We have a great relationship. And we went over the statistics. Watch this. New York has 62 counties. Out of 62 counties, men that have 25 years to life, one third of them are from Brooklyn, New York. Now, everybody talk about education. If we was pouring money in education, those numbers wouldn't be staggering like that towards Brooklyn, right? So we need to understand, right, during COVID-19, how in the world can y'all can, can we trust any politician that's running for borough president or anybody that has been affiliated with anybody that was in the political office if children up to right now in Brooklyn still don't have computers or laptops? Their broadband, which is the Wi-Fi in the project in the in the, in the NYCHA buildings, still no Wi-Fi, right? How in the world can we trust them? See, at the end of the day, what they're doing. Everybody's running to get endorsements from other elected officials, right? Not me. Y'all go on my page, you're going to see nothing but influences and people from the streets that have endorsed me. Because you want to know why? When I come to the table and if you are acting foul towards the people of Brooklyn, I don't care if you endorse me. I'm rolling, I'm rolling over you. Right. So I'm not looking for no endorsements from any elected officials unless you're going to do the right thing. So I'm doing prison reform. Another thing. Right. Governor Cuomo let maybe. A lack of a lack of a better number, maybe 20 to 20, 20 to maybe 30 people a year out of prison off of clemency. Mm -hmm. That number should increase to one thousand. You want to know why? Because when you get released on clemency. You're not just setting people free. You're putting them on parole. Mm. So if the men, the men that are in prison, if they're doing what they're supposed to do and they go for clemency, let them out. Let Why them out. keep them on paper where you can violate them? Right. Mm -hmm. Let them out. Right. So at the end of the day, you have somebody that's been inside a prison that understand the weight of prison understand the weight that goes into the to the family members they're in prison too yes they are understand that so it's affecting our community because a piece of their family is in prison mm -hmm. so therefore another piece that i'm going for is parole reform these parole officers are running around like cowboys they run around here like renegades. You want to know why? Because they know that all they got to do is fill out some paperwork and they don't care how much success you have. If I was on parole right now and I'm doing all of this right now, you want to know what they could do? They could say, yo, we don't like you. We violating you. And 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 send me, send the person straight back upstate. They got too much power, right? So we have to have parole reform. We have to have prison reform. Another reform that I'm going to do, immigration. I'm tired of our people having to look over their shoulders and they still pay taxes. Okay, you don't have your papers, but they still want you to pay taxes. What sense is that, right? You don't have no residence, but you're still paying taxes. No, I want immigration reform. There need to be new laws. And I want it to be, I want Brooklyn to be the prototype. Because if we are the fourth largest city in the United States of America, guess what? Joe Biden got to sit down with me. You want to know why? Because three more years, primaries, he needs Brooklyn's vote for their primaries because this is a democratic uh, uh, state. Mm -hmm. So you got to come to Brooklyn. So now that I know you got to come to Brooklyn, so that means you got to sit down with me. So all this federal funding, we need to bring this to Brooklyn. I need Brooklyn to be the prototype. One of the, Another thing that I want to do, I want to build the first Brooklyn Black-owned bank. And what that means is I want I want constituents of Brooklyn, black and brown, to have shares and own shares of this bank. So therefore, if you want a line of credit, right, you can get a line of credit to buy what you want to buy. I want to bring Black Wall Street to Brooklyn, right? I want to extend Wall Street from over the water to here. Why can't our community be more involved with stocks? Why can't Brownsville be more involved with stocks? Why can't East New York be more involved with stocks, right? So let me ask you this then. So the ideas are wonderful, but what's the strategy behind like the ideas? Like how do we get these ideas 
to push forward, right? Because black, us good black and brown people, we've been waiting. We want our own black owned bank, right? I mean, we have, we have, we have a few of them, but they're not in New York. So what is the strategy to even begin to start our own black owned bank? Then on top of that, what is the strategy? Like you just said about NYCHA. Listen, I'm from the city. I'm not from Brooklyn. My mother was born and raised in Brooklyn. I'm not from Brooklyn. But when you think of NYCHA and you think of public housing in Brooklyn, you think of Fort Greene, you think of Marcy. When you go all the way over there into Brownsville, and you, I mean, Brownsville definitely was known as Murderville at one point in time. Um, then when you think of East New York, and you think of everywhere that has been hard struck in Brooklyn, the only areas that they've actually revitalized are the areas in which a lot of Caucasian people and other people have began to move into, which is why Bed-Stuy looks the way it looks right now, right? So how do we, we have the idea, but what is the strategy behind the ideas to get these things started, right? Because that's how you begin to change. That's how you revitalize an entire city like Brooklyn. And how do we do it? Because I know, and a lot of it is funding. I know that much, but how do we, how do you be in Brooklyn Borough president? Because you do have uh, the power over zoning. You do have the power over land use. You do, you do have the power even over the funding and how it gets allocated and applied. But how do we strategize to actually do this? Right. That's great. So, so um, the first thing that we have to do is get someone like myself in office that think we all think alike, right? Because you can't have someone in office that don't have the same um, ideas, right? Secondly, you talked about um, the, uh, how in different neighborhoods they're together, right? You want to know why? because of oneness, right? The strategy is bringing young people to the table that have ideas. So therefore we can be one Brooklyn, right? We can have one movement, right? The ideas does, do not work if we are not on the same page. Now, one of my main things is this. I'm not going to just be uh, uh, um, boxed in by the monies of the board president's office, right? I know too many philanthropists. I know too many celebrities that want to donate money. So therefore, I'm going to set up a nonprofit for Brooklyn. And I'm going to raise, the, in the first year, $1 billion. I'm going to raise $1 billion in the first year just by philanthropy, right? And I'm going to utilize that money to invest into Brooklyn so therefore, all the ideas and all the strategies that we come up, we will have the finances to do it, right? We have to understand that the only way Brooklyn becomes one is if I'm not the only one dictating what's happening, right? This is the strategy and this is the structure. For far too long, right? For example, right, my, um, uh, my lawyer just sent me some polls that they had, right? And they got they they got people on the polls, right? Based off of how much money they raised. That wasn't my strategy in the beginning. So it's cool, right? I screenshot that. So when I win, I'm gonna say, look, they didn't even recognize. But the streets know and Brooklyn know and all social media know they like yo, Bishop Whitehead is the leading candidate. Because you wanna know why those polls are inaccurate? Because we are forgotten. The felon, the felon, the felonists are forgotten. The 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 NYCHA buildings are forgotten. Do you know that 95% of Brooklyn of from the ages of 18 to 45, they never knew that there was a president in Brooklyn, right? In Flatbush, in one part of Flatbush, the 40th district, right? One part of Flatbush, the 40th district, right? The 40th district, right? There are 240, there are 240,000 um, residents there, right? 94,000 are registered voters, but only 14,000 voted. Voted. Mm. 
So what do we do with that? Like, do we go into those into those neighborhoods where we know that the uh, the voter turnout is low? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. I said, what do we do then? Do we go like basically like take like um, like what Stacey Abrams did down in Atlanta, right? You build a team, and the team goes into those areas, into those neighborhoods, and make sure like okay, all of you guys are registered to vote. We need you out here because this is what we stand for. This is what we're doing. Like. Do we have that level of a team in Brooklyn right now for you to say, this is basically, this is my platform. I want to revitalize NYCHA. You know what I'm saying? Like the housing, the living conditions inside of NYCHA, elevators inside of NYCHA. The fact that some people truly just don't feel safe inside of NYCHA, right? Like how do we build a team and and literally send the team forth and be like, okay, here, here's your strategy. I need y'all to go do this. So how do we build a team? We got to believe. You know what I learned? You know what I learned that blew my mind? Election season is a, election season is a mere hustle. Yeah, it is. I, I I I never knew I never knew how everybody want money because. They know that campaigns is running money. No um, campaigns raises money. Nobody wants to go out there and do it just for the people, right? Mm -hmm. So this is why I've been having conversations with the gang members. This is why I've been having conversation with the people that's been forgotten because they're ready. They're the ones that are ready to move forward. And at the end of the day, you know, it hurts me because our people, we're the ones that's getting killed. We're the ones that's getting shot. We're the ones that's getting beat up. Our elderly, our elders are not getting killed. They're not getting shot. And if we really think about it, the ones that are getting abused, the ones that are getting shot are the ones that don't vote. You And, 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 and it shows that the ones that vote are protected. The ones that don't vote, we're not protected. And if we vote for the person that we believe I guarantee that person who we vote in will protect us and will raise all hell if something happened to us, right? That's it right there. And we got to come together. We got to use our platform for this next 45 days, you know, and, 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 and push Bishop Lamar Miller Whitehead as bold president. On my website, if you're a felon, you can click on it. Information is right there, right? And you, and you can pick and you can click register to vote. It'll take you straight to the city's website and you can do it online. You can do it by mail. It, so if you want to do, if you want to, um, so if you want to register for it, you can do that. I also have, if you want, if you don't even have to leave your house, if you don't want to vote, because I know a lot of us don't even want to leave our house. So you can click on absentee ballot right on my website, whitehead4bk.com. Boom. You click on absentee ballot. You register for the absentee ballot. They will send you the ballot. Mm -hmm. And all you got to do is fill it out and mail it back. That's how Stacey Abram, who I just honored at my church in Atlanta um, last month, that's how she did it. She did it with absentee ballots, right? And I made my website so user-friendly for us that you don't have no reason not to vote. And we're going to be pushing absentee ballots. Go on my website, register the absentee ballot. When you get it, vote only Whitehead. Why am I saying that? Because you mm -hmm. know, since we haven't been voting, they got something called ranked choice voting. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I heard about that. It's a bit strange to me. Yeah. Nuts, right? And a little bit about ranked choice voting, right? Whoever comes in last, if you voted for John Doe and you was his number one pick and you say, okay, cool, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a pick Jane Doe as number two. Because you get five candidates to vote for. If John Doe loses and he had 18% of the votes and he came in fifth, Jane Doe is going to take her, take that 18% because she was voted for number two and she's going to capitalize off of his votes. Mm. That's a, that, that, all in a nutshell. That's what it is. So at the end of the day, I'm telling everybody, vote whitehead only. That's it. I'm number eight. It's not numbered, but you're going to see my name in the middle. Whitehead. All you got to do is vote Whitehead and we're going to win. So at the end of the day, are we really ready for change? 
right? Are we really ready for change? Because so many people say, well, you know, I got to get this money and you know, I got to do this and you know, I got to do that. And I'm just busy. I'm just busy, Bishop. You know, I can't do this. I got to make money. So this is what we do. We can change the dynamics of our life and of our children's children's life. If we dedicate these last 45 days to push in the candidate that we really believe should be in office. If we don't worry about nothing else, right? And if we all believe and if we trust and what the and who the candidate that we need to push forward in, we got to sell out. Because at the end of the day, so many artists call me. Can I get a letter? My friend got in trouble. My brother got in trouble. My this got in trouble. Can we get a letter? And I tell everybody, now this is the first time I'm ever asking anybody to do anything for Bishop, right? And I said, look, if you don't help me, just keep that same energy. Don't make a U, because there's no U-turns on the highway. Keep that same energy. Don't switch up on me. That's, that's, that, that's cheating if you do that. So my campaign is ran off of keep that same energy. And I need everybody, man, to say, yo, you know what? We believe and we let's give him one shot, right? Let's give him one shot. That's all I'm asking y'all to do. Give me one shot because you ain't been voting. You ain't been voting. Tell him I'm doing an interview. Jaden. Um, you ain't been voting. Yeah, you good, baby. Just let her know. So she won't knock on the door again. You ain't been voting. And we have to understand that we all we got. That's it. These candidates that's here now, I'm telling y'all, I'm not saying it's because I'm running. They're terrible. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I, I promise you, I will tell you, I, you know, he's all right. You know, I say he's all right. You know, you know, he's still not the guy. He's not better than me. But he's all, none of them are good. What if people say you're too young? I wasn't too young to go to prison, and I made it. Right? I wasn't too young. I wasn't too young. Um, before they killed my father, I was six weeks old and I made it. I wasn't too young to start my own church. Now going on eight years when everybody turned their back on me and said I wouldn't do it. I wasn't too young for that. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, verse 14 and 15, he says, uh, Ananias, go lay your hands on Saul. Mm -hmm. Ananias said, do you know who you're mm -hmm. Did you hear about who he is? And, 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 God, and God says, did you hear what I tell you? Go thy way, lay hands on him because he is my chosen vessel. The one that's going to save kings, Gentiles, and the children of Israel. So I say this to, to everybody, age is just a number. It's my time. And if it's my time, nothing can happen right without me being in that seat. And when I get into that seat, if you didn't support me, then you are out of God's timing. And that's what I'm talking about as far as when people say he might be too young. Well, if I'm too young, what about all these old people you put in? How about them being too old? Right? We, 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 we got to, yeah, like, like. Right. Well, I mean, because age, that is real. Because some people are much older and they're very much so stuck in their way of thought. And so a lot of the times when you do bring in a younger person, um, one whom people would think is a little bit more uh, inexperienced, but you bring in a wide range of ideas and possibilities and growth opportunities. Do you know I got shut out of a whole church uh, two weeks ago? I mean, I get shut out of churches. They don't like me, but that's all right. Let me tell you this, right? The church Christian Culture Center at mm. the A.R. Bernard, I was supposed to speak at DMX funeral because he was a friend of mine's and I know the um the, the owner of Rough Riders and I was with them from the beginning and they wanted me to read the obituary. Pastor A.R. Bernard said to them he is um he was arrested and he was in the media and they said he's bad for media remove him off so since it was his church they removed me off of the program so I said, no problem. I said, I don't know why y'all doing this. I said, I thought we had a good rapport. They denied that they did it, but I, I found out that they did. So I said, no problem. I still came to show my respects. Do you know they kicked me off of the grounds? They said I couldn't park my car there. And I said, no problem. And I came back and they would not let me in the building for whatever reason. This further shows me that when I become the bold president, 
change has to happen. This further shows me that systemic racism is not about color. It's about identity. There are a lot of people with identity crisis, and when they see the when they see you know your destiny, they are not jealous. They are intimidated because your destiny will change their life. And a lot of people are stuck in their ways, and they do not want change. And I'm going to be the president of Brooklyn that's going to provoke and invoke change because that's why God put me here. And I don't care what people got to say. I am for the people period point blank i cannot change my back i cannot turn my back on y'all that's illegal for me i cannot give up on you because if i give up on you i give up on myself everybody that votes for me they're going to see me and them and i'm going to see me and them as well and i need everybody to understand that i'm here for change i'm not here to be to run a circus or to be a, a, a ghetto. No, I'm a businessman, right? I know what I'm doing. I just have some blood on the streets. And guess what? This is personal, not business. See, and that make that that honestly, that makes that makes the most sense to me. I think that sometimes if I make because you know. This is called the Muzzles Off Podcast for a very specific reason. Um, and it's called the Muzzles Off Podcast because I refuse to be muzzled in thought and idea um, and, in, and, and in the way in which I live, right? I live out loud and in purpose, on purpose, for this very reason. Um, I do not like the fact that you were put out of a church um, due to the fact that something would be bad for media. Um, at the end of the day, you are whom you are and it doesn't matter what goes on or what has happened in the media for you to show respect um, at a funeral. And I think that part of the issue with a lot of these buildings that people love to call churches is the fact that we've lost sight of person and we've lost sight of purpose and we've lost sight of soul. So when we lose sight of all those things, how dare we try and act like we're part of the spirit when we're not? And on top of that, we then further like to place people in a position of like, as if they're beneath us, you're beneath me. You know what I'm saying? And you're not beneath anybody. At the end of the day, you are who you are. And like you said, God called you for such a time as this to do what it is that you are actually called and chosen to do. And it's up to the people to allow you to lead them further, right? Because like you said, Adams was your mentor. You looked up to him, you watched him for eight years. So now it's like, I watch what you do. I watch what you've done. Has he endorsed you? So, so, so Eric, as y'all see, he's going to be around with me wherever I need him to be, but to publicly come out and endorse me, he'll shoot himself in the foot. He's running for mayor, right? Ooh. You know what I mean? So. All you got to do is know the history. That's it. And I think that's important because people do need to know the history. They need they need to understand who. That's why I actually like, who are you? Tell the people about you. Who are you? You know, because if people don't know that you actually studied this, you actually studied the Brooklyn Borough President, you actually watched him for eight years. If they don't know that and they don't know that, you know what I'm saying? You understand every single policy, every single everything that he's actually put in place, right? Like I, I looked him up as well and just looked and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I probably wouldn't have known all the things that he has done for Brooklyn. But when I looked it up and I read it, I said, from what it looks like, it looks like he has started a lot of great things for Brooklyn. And now it's for someone else to come in and take that and push it even further than where it's going to be left off at. And that's why I said, I think it's important for people to understand where you stand with the issues that are plaguing the average Brooklyn person. You know, at the end of the day, we love stars, we love celebrities, but they're not the average. If a person, if the average person can't relate, then they're, they're gonna completely look the, a different way. So now it's like, how does Bishop Whitehead become relatable? So I'm, and it's like, I'm just like you, I am you. 
right. know what I'm saying? I am you and you are me. I come from this land. I come from the street. I was in there. I was wrongly accused. I was in prison. I then had to use everything that I needed. I couldn't get a lawyer to help me. Lawyers wasn't really helping me. I had to study for my own self and study how to do X, Y, and Z in order to even get my own self free. So I think that when people begin to relate on that level and then you know, because a lot of times people get a little twisted. You know, we get twisted up when you start hearing Bishop and Reverend and all those other names. Right. So it's like, OK, who is Lamore Whitehead? OK, I get Bishop. So who's the man? So when you start introducing people to the man and then they begin to understand how the man transitioned spiritually. And now, boom, now we added in Bishop and now we can just continue this forward and say, OK, as a bishop, what is his call? What is his charge? His charge is to the people. Right. 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 And I want to say this, right? If anybody, YouTube, all you got to do is put Whitehead Adams or Bishop, turn it down, son. Um, all you have to do is put Bishop Lamar Miller Whitehead or Pastor Lamar Whitehead and Eric Adams. All you got to do is put that in there, right? And you will see so many things that we've done in the community. I didn't have no desire to become the bold president until God told me to. But if you put my name next to Eric's name on YouTube or anything and put Eric's name next to anybody else's name that's in the can candidacy, you will see me 10 times more than any of them. And you will see, see me in the streets with Eric. You will see you won't see me because some of them are elected officials, so therefore you might see them at a press conference. But as far as the community, that's all people gotta do. That's all you gotta do. That's it. And everybody know. Let me tell you something. I've given out outside of the borough president, I think me, I've given out the second most citations, proclamations than anybody from the borough mm -hmm. president. Me. I'm talking about 50 Cent got got fabulous guy, Mano, uh Zab, um, Angela Yee, um, you name it. Every, every last one of them, you ask them who gave them the first award. Uh DJ Self. Um uh 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 you I can go on and on and on. You ask them who uh to hear you, um uh, um, it's just so many. It, it, the list goes on and on and on. All of the celebrities, you want to know why? Because I said I got to bridge the gap. I understand people look at celebrities down, but guess what? I want to bridge the gap between the church and celebrities, politics and celebrities. Mm -hmm. One of my mentees, I've, he's gotten tons of awards, right, from me through the city council, through the assembly, right? So therefore they can know who he is. I I started a, a, a gang walk initiative against, against gun violence. In two days, I had over 400 people. We was walking down Fulton Street, right? Like, this is what I do, right? This is what I do. All they got, if the people wanna know, all you gotta do is YouTube me. That's it and that's all. That's it. That, that, my name speaks for itself. And if you Google me, yeah, you're going to see a post article that a disgruntled um, uh, uh, ex-employee and my ex-wife, they're the ones that put that, 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 that article together, right? And this is fact. So when they put, pull that up, they're going to say, oh, my goodness, he was in the post. It says uh, 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 Eric Adams' friend, uh, uh, Bishop White, ex-con, got bogus programs. I I never got no money from y'all. So how can my programs be bogus? Mm -hmm. There's no state official can ever say that they gave Bishop Lamar Miller Whitehead any money. So how can my programs be bogus? Right? Like, so this is all information that mm -hmm. y'all, that's it. You ain't got to believe me. YouTube me. YouTube leaders of tomorrow, turkey giveaway. Or, or Bishop Lamar Miller Whitehead, turkey giveaway. And you're gonna see my work, and and this is from years, from years, 2013 to now. 
Bishop Lamar Miller Whitehead been in these streets. That's it. One second, Bishop. We just I just got to play this ad from one of my sponsors, and then we'll come right back with some closing remarks from you, okay? Got you. All right. If you need an event space for the intimate wedding, birthday party, baby shower, game night, or sit and paint, look no further. Gallery 603 in Union, New Jersey. The official sponsor for the Muzzle is Off podcast. And we are back. So like the ad just said, if you are looking for an event space, look no further than Gallery 603 in Union, New Jersey, where the owner is Yudoni Merceu. And you can contact me and I will put you in contact with him if you need an event space for a birthday party, for a celebration, for anything that you would absolutely need in Union, New Jersey. Bishop? Yes. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. They're about, <laughs> to, they're about to sing happy birthday to my grandmother. So, Anything closing that you would like to say to the people, Bishop, before he goes and sings happy birthday to his grandmother? How old did she just turn, Bishop? 106. 106 years old. That's a celebration in and out of itself. Yeah. Well, I just want everybody to go out and vote June 22nd. Go out and vote June 22nd. Go on my website, Whitehead. Four. That's f o r b k dot com. Go out and vote um, for Bishop Lamar Miller Whitehead in the primaries. It's a Democratic seat, so that means June twenty second, whoever wins the Democratic Party wins the general election in November. So this is the vote, right? The last day to register is May twenty eighth to register to vote. Go on my website, whitehead4bk.com. Everybody register to vote. Everybody, let's get this going. Go on my website, follow me on my Instagram, Bishop Lamore M. Whitehead. And let's get it, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Me. Nope, I thank you. I appreciate you. And when you win, I hope you come back so we can discuss what? some more things. We need to talk some more before you even get close there. All right. Well, let's do it. We can always do it. Thank you, Bishop. I Thank appreciate you, so you and enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, y'all. So y'all heard him. He said, go out and vote on uh, June 22nd in the primary. So do your due diligence as Brooklyn residents, as the people of Brooklyn to go out and vote. Okay. Do not vote numbers one through whatever, vote for one person and one person only. Make your choice. The Bible tells us that we need to be sure of our election. Make your election sure. So therefore, be sure and uh, vote. I see uh, a lot of people um, support the bishop. Sorry, guys, I didn't get to put your comments up. I apologize. But um, the Shayla, she said, Team Whitehead. I know that's right. Amy Rosman, she said, say that, bishop. I know that's right. Uh, Clarine Mc uh, McMichael, she says, st Brooklyn stands up. So I know that's right. So listen, y'all stand up for y'all candidate. Um, Bishop Whitehead, I truly do believe that um, he has a lot of great ideas, a lot of great strategies in order to help continue to push Brooklyn forward, in order to help NYCHA, in order to um, do a lot of different reforms that a lot of people need. So just if I were y'all, I would Google him. I would definitely go on his website, uh, look more up on um, his, look him up on his platform and start going out to a lot of these different e um, events that he's actually holding, places and where he's actually speaking at. Do that. Do your own due diligence because that, that that's what a lot of these candidates are here for. The candidates are here to work for who? The people. And if we, the people, are not questioning the candidates, if we, the people, are not asking them the useful questions that, you know, we would need to know, like, who are they? What have you done? Where have you been? You know what I'm saying? How can you truly make an, infor an informed decision on who the person actually is? And that's why I wanted to have Bishop Whitehead on the Muslims of podcast today, because, you know, I had seen some interviews with him and they were they were they were great. They were informative and they were very interesting. And I think that is very interesting to have a candidate. Uh, from his background, 
uh, that would understand the people that would understand where people are coming from and that would understand the actual struggles of the people in order to push the people forward. So like I said, go out Brooklyn, stand up, do your due diligence. Okay. And start, uh, getting to know all of your candidates and then vote June 22nd. And with that, we are off. Until later on tonight, because we are actually going to come back with the muzzlers off after dark tonight. And we don't do this on a Wednesday, but we're going to do it tonight um, because there's a lot more things that we need to talk about outside of uh, the political structure. We're going to talk about some other things. So tonight, maybe around, I don't know. Let me see what time is it. It's 7.37 right now. I need a break. So maybe around 8.30-ish, 9 o'clock-ish. We coming back when the muzzle is off because it's time to get some things off our chest. So with that, I want to tell y'all good night until about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Peace out.